the thing that I think is the most important is got like allow me to just be able to exist and not lose my mind in this space is trusting your intuition. You have that little voice and that little conscience and that's inside of you. It's like, okay, I know if something's right. I know if something's wrong. I know if this feels the right way. Welcome back to the Permission to Pivot podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine, and I am joined by another wonderful, wonderful guest that I cannot wait for you all to meet. Her name is Kayla. Kayla, could you please let the listeners know who you are, what you do, and where you're at? Yeah, for sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Kayla. I am currently in sunny Los Angeles, working for a tech company doing internal comms, but I am a Southern girl at heart. I'm from Alabama, born and raised, and that's how I met the lovely Jasmine. And so I'm here to have like a great conversation and just kind of uncover some great things and, you know, explore the parts of ourselves that we don't talk about all the time. Oh, now that's how you starting off on the intro, Kayla. <laughs> y'all, better, y'all better grab your edges because it's about to get real good. Okay, we're going to jump into our first question. I've asked every guest this season a variation of this question. So if you can think back over the span of your life to a particular growth moment that you've had that you think has significantly influenced where you are currently or your journey to getting to where you are currently. Oh, wow. Okay. I keep, I always think to like my very first job, I was working for a very, very teeny tiny nonprofit in Montgomery, Alabama, and we were a K-12, a K-12 advocacy group for public education, of course. And so it was me and the executive director and two other people on staff. And so this is the year I came in. He also decided to start trying to open a charter school, a bunch of other things. <laughs> all at once. And so I'm fresh out of college. I'm 21, like just turned 21, like not even close to 22 yet. And I'm here in this really crazy landscape of, you know, the state has intervened to the Montgomery public school system. And so they're under state supervision and like they're having to follow these different protocols so they don't lose accreditation, like as an entire system, all these different things. And then my job is trying to open up charter schools and like the community is in a a general kind of like uproar kind of state. And there's also school board elections, like anything that you could throw into the fire to make it crazy. (laughs) That was happening. And I'm this baby fresh out. I'm like, what's going on? But I think in that moment of experiencing so much at once, it allowed me to see what I did want to deal with, what I didn't want to deal with, but also it kind of crystallized what made me, what gave me purpose, what made me feel good in those moments. And it wasn't the people cussing me out. It wasn't, of course, having to go to school meetings and be there at all hours of the night. But it was those moments when we're working with kids and I mean, kids of all ages from, you know, itty bitty babies in third grade, learning how to read to high schoolers who want to take it upon themselves to create community in their schools and to find solutions for problems that they may be having. Those, that moment of having to like figure it out and like your, your feet are on the ground, you're doing community organizing and like this is real tangible stuff that's impacting people's lives. And I just had to figure it out. There's no rule book. And so that, that year of me doing that, really invariably let me know the community is so important to me. And so that's always the thing that I'm kind of chasing. I can just imagine baby Kayla just trying to trying to keep the peace. Crying. Crying after work <laughs> once a week. 
trying to just keep the peace and like get your little paycheck and go home. Yes, okay? my, my little paycheck, my little paycheck of like $900 every two weeks. Just trying to make it, okay? But that was your, I wouldn't say that was your first experience in community organizing because I know at Auburn, yeah. we were very involved and engaged, but I'm curious what lessons you have learned from community organizing, your days as a community organizer, as a student leader, that you are still using. Mm, like, yeah. to, so you've gone through a couple of different like pivots and transitions. Yeah. So I'm curious, just like, what did you learn in those days that you're like, I didn't think I'd still be using like this kind of information, but I am. Oh my gosh. Yes. So like, I know what I learned in my classes from my degree not taking anything wrong. Like I, like I gave back to my degree program. I was on part of the advisory board. This is all my disclaimer for my degree program. I learned so much in student involvement that I didn't, would never get in the classroom. And I think it's such a huge disservice to anybody that's listening that like has someone that's in college or is about to be in college, get involved in student organizations because that's where you really learn your life lessons and how to work with other people, how to actually get a project done, how to advocate for yourself and your community. That, like the things that I learned when I was BUC president, how old was I, 20 years old? I'm still learning them now. Like I'm still using those things now. You know, there's employee resource groups like on, like at my job, and I'm like, you guys are grown. Like how do you not know how? But on this event, like we were doing this back in the, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and so you think that you're just doing something because you want to have fun with your friends, or maybe you want to make a change at your school, or that may be, but you're really taking these important lessons that you're going to take with you throughout the rest of your life because relationships and brokering those relationships and you know, building connections, those are the things that take you so, so, so far. Like, of course, what you learn in your training, you know, regardless of what field you may be in, but like knowing how to talk to people, my job is just talking to people and trying to convince people how to do things and how to tell their own stories, et cetera. And like, I've learned that from the things that I did when I was trying to, you know, get a BSU meeting going or try to convince an administrator, like, hey, please give us money for this. Or trying to convince, you know, other student leaders, let's collaborate to get this thing done because, you know, in numbers, we can make things work and we make things move. And so, you know, like that last point I just said, making things move in numbers, like that's what community organizing is. It's like we all have the same problem. We're all facing the same thing. Let's come together collectively to solve our problem or to make things better. Okay, so you said two things. One I'm going to come back to, one I'm going to dive into a little bit deeper because I think it's really interesting. Community organizing, I think particularly in the landscape that we're in currently, that mm-hmm community organizing should be at the top of everyone's mind. (laughs) It it, it might not be, but I think that it should be just based Mm -hmm. on the political climate that we're in. What do you think, based on just like what you know about your generation, my generation, like millennials and zennials, what do you think is like the biggest challenge to people, like understanding the benefit, the importance and the value of community organizing and like being a part of a cause or a mission beyond like what you repost on social media? Mm, what? Well, yeah, beyond what you repost on social media, because I know I'm guilty of that too, right? Of just like, okay, I posted this thing, like that's all I can do because like I as an individual person, as Kayla can't 
change systemic racism or I can't change, you know, how women are treated in this country or I can't change access to this XYZ care, right? But in numbers, you can contribute in your own special way to pushing a narrative forward to, you know, changing legislation to whatever that may be. So to kind of put, give an example to this, I moved to LA the day before New Year's Eve. So we've been here for like a rough, a little over six months because mm-hmm. uh, being a part of community is so deep within me. I immediately tried to find a church. The first one didn't work out. So we're going to, we're still in a hunt, <laughs> you know, try to find a church. At the end of the day, that's about community. Like that's why whenever you go somewhere and like all the elders in your family say, oh, go find a church. It's not because, oh, I want to make sure you're going to Sunday school. I want to make sure that there's people that are looking after you. There's somebody who's expecting to yeah. see you once a week. And like, if you're yeah. six, no one's going to think those kinds of things. Right. And then additionally, like I joined my public library and I started volunteering at the library that's down the street because like that's something where I can give back to this community, but also as someone who's not from here, who like I don't have kids, there's no reason for me to necessarily be like super into my community, like in the schools, in the different programs. Yeah. And like, there's no reason for me to do that because like it's just me. But because I'm involved, you know, in our friends of the library group. I'm able to have my ear to the ground. I kind of know what's going on. And then I can also know like, oh, this person knows these people and they can get this done, right? Like additionally, like another thing that's happening on my street, like there's a street, like it's not a neighborhood organization because it's literally just our street, but like they are revigorating that group and they had a meeting in our backyard. And like, I learned, I met all these people that now I know, oh, you live here, you live here, you live there. I know, like, God forbid it's a problem. I know who I can talk to and I know who I can, like, organize with together. Now, granted, are they putting out, like, stop signs in the neighborhood? Yeah, but, like, that's also can be really powerful. Like, say we want to, you know, enact some kind of program or we know who our city council person or who are even our neighborhood council representative is, right? Like, we can build these kind of communities and these groups together to, push our, our charge forward. And that's really important. Yeah, I think it's about just, right, like you talk about community and coalition building and like collaboration and that I think for any cause, right, it's politically based or not, right? I think all of our lives are political. That's just me though. Yeah, it I, is. Think everything, I think everything is actually political. Everything. But, <laughs> but yeah, so like whatever, however big or small, right, the cause we see mm-hmm. that like, it's, it's all of those things are necessary to advocate right that like it's not just one voice that's like gonna get it done it's all of the what it's all of the voices and all of the concerns Mm -hmm. of of all kinds of communities right people from all sorts of identities that help to move help to move like change right you said something earlier and I want to come back to it because you talked about when you were a student leader and you're you're learning just all of the things because student leadership is such a laboratory for learning. And you talked about finding your voice to advocate. Mm -hmm. And I want, I'm curious to know what that process looked like for you specifically as a black woman and how that has served you, particularly as you stepped, you stepped out of your undergrounded experience and how maybe that has looked different for you. Absolutely. So my parents were very cognizant of the fact that I was a little black girl in Alabama, like 
from jump. Like I think there's some like Amazon's first customers buying me books online they couldn't find in the stores anywhere. I grew up in a very, very white community. Yeah. And so like they have this stuff that get yeah, we bought online. I'm like, how did you do this in 1998? Like what? But the internet uh, had just come. It just it just came out. So they were they were pioneer. They said, no, we're we're gonna go online and get this stuff for our little girl who, you know, and they they still have those books. So hopefully I can have them for my kids. But all that said, my parents were very, very mindful of the fact like you have to use your voice, you have to advocate for yourself. So in very small things, I remember when I was like four years old, we went to McDonald's. My dad's like, tell him what you want. So I'm not going to tell him, tell him what you want. We went to restaurants, what you want. We were going out, like he made me like talk to people. And so I never had an issue like talking to people and telling people, hey, what's up? What's the problem? That got me into some trouble, you know, good trouble. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember I was like in fourth grade. I accused my teacher of being racist, which she's not, not at all. As I've gotten older, like I've found like, oh, you're probably one of the most liberal teachers I had and very progressive and very involved in the community. But like I said, I don't like how I've been being treated. I'm seeing how these girls get to do this and I don't get to do that. And there's a difference between me and them. So what's up? And... (laughs) You know, I didn't get in trouble when I got home. My dad was like, well, thank you. You advocated for this thing. What was going on? And I told him, he said, you saw, you called it out. Like that's something that you saw was a problem or you saw was an issue and you used your voice. And so I always knew the power of my voice. And I think one of the most beautiful things about growing and learning is figuring out when to use it. And that's the thing that I learned the most throughout my student involvement because I came in as a freshman and actually had to deal with some racist treatment and actually like called it out and very publicly called it out. And from that moment, I kind of cemented myself as like, oh, Kayla's going to get us together. Kayla's going to do this. Kayla's going to do that. Yeah. Um, and from that point forward, like people just kind of knew who I was in that space, especially very clear in a white space, they knew who I was doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I learned and I saw kind of the intricacies of how whiteness works in a place like Auburn, where I was. And I saw how it not only with students, but administration and like how, you know, we need to navigate these issues. We want to do it in a way that's pleasing to all these other factors that, you know, are going on in higher education. And so one thing that I really struggled with was not only having confidence in my voice, believing my voice was valid and my mm. voice was enough. Because mm. I was coming from Daphne, Alabama, which you look it up as a suburb, it's very white. It's very like movie, high school, drama, stuff like that's what I grew up in, right? And so, you know, being in a place like Alabama, it's very segregated still. And there's people that are coming from Birmingham, Montgomery and Huntsville and Atlanta that grew up in spaces and like we're in all black spaces and like all these different things. And so I started to think, okay, well, maybe my voice doesn't matter as much for the black experience because I had this very, this experience compared to someone else. And you have to, and I got down on myself and I really started to like question am I the right person to be saying these things? Like, can I amplify some other voices? And that's something that I did choose to do. But at the same time, I had talks with like different people. And I talked to my friends. I remember I talked to this one professor and she's like, why would your voice be any different than anybody else's? 
why would your voice be any less valid? Yeah. Because like, wh- like, why is theirs more important than yours? Like, why is their experience more important to you than yours? And so it's really balancing, you know, your voice is valid. And then also when you have access to spaces that some people may not have access to, opening that door and saying, hey, I'm going to invite this person to this meeting to talk about this thing, or I'm going to bring this person onto this committee. I'm going to bring. So that's something that I've really seen the importance of even now in my job in corporate America, it's corporate America, right? Like, like, like I know what, you know, a problem may be. And I, you know, we know the real of it. We know that, but that's not what's going to make it into a room. That's not what's actually going to be heard. That's not what's actually going to be seen. So we have to be very strategic about how we do that. And I learned how to do that <laughs> when I was an undergrad, you know, having to be strategic about how we show it to yeah. me. So it's a, it's a balance and not in a negative connotation. It's a balance of using your own voice, but also like amplifying the voices for other, of others and inviting other people to the table because like just because if you have a voice doesn't make it the only one and doesn't make it the most important one either yeah that's good it doesn't make it the only one or the most and that was that was a hope y'all caught that at the end <laughs> so I'm curious as we talk about just like what it because it sounds as if like you grew up in a space where your parents like affirmed that like your voice was necessary in mm-hmm. the space right mm-hmm. and they gave you opportunities to practice using your voice even if yeah. it was ordering at mcdonald's right so yeah. that that was a natural thing by the time you got to undergrad or even beyond undergrad like it was yeah. a natural thing because you grew up like that right yeah what advice do you have for for folks and i would say particularly like for black women who maybe are finding themselves like in a new space so you're in a new job or maybe you started you know a grad school program or you're starting an undergrad or whatever it is like you're in a new space maybe with new people and you're someone who is trying to cultivate the voice and also figure out like how to navigate this new space that I don't really know all that well but I know that like it's important for me to have a voice in this space and like what advice do you have for folks who are maybe in that space trying to figure it out and maybe didn't grow up having a lot of experiences that affirmed that like their voice right. was valuable and it mattered and it was necessary. Right. You know, that that's something like I'm still doing almost two years in because like I was in nonprofits and higher education while there's politics and there's, you know, how those systems are set up. It's so much different than being in, in a, at a corporate job. Like it just, it just is like, this is my first corporate job. And I'm like, what's going on all the time (laughs) but the thing that I think is the most important is got like allowed me to just be able to exist and not lose my mind in this space is trusting your intuition I think that's the Mm. first thing it's like how like you have that little voice that little conscience and that's inside of you it's like okay I know if something's right I know if something's wrong I know if this feels the right way and I think that we really have to tap into that. And I'm, I'm at an age where like, I'm learning to like actually tap into that and really hold on to that and not necessarily feel bad about following my intuition, right? Like the quick sidebar is like, I, I don't really want to go out. I don't really want to go to this event. I don't really know about this person, but like, mm. let me be a people pleaser and let me still like hang out with this person. Let me still go out. Let me still go do this thing. Even though that little voice on the inside saying, maybe don't and like you go out and you have a terrible time or you're like oh I don't really like this person that I'm hanging out with and you have to actually trust it so it's like a I'm getting back into like that 
fully, fully trusting that, that voice instead of just saying, no, I got to be outside because I'm this age and I got to be outside since age. Like, no, like, just trust me, like, you know, but trusting your intuition in any kind of situation, because like you, it's there for a reason. And like, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And I think listening is a really key part into knowing how to advocate for yourself in spaces or use your voice in spaces or just kind of learn a new space. Because if you have a trusting face, Jasmine, I believe you have a trusting face. I know that I have been told that, but like people would just tell you their business, like they tell you what's going on and you don't go around and don't like spread, like don't do that, but like listen and take in the things that people are telling you, even if they're not like obviously coming to you with tea or anything like that, but like you can read between the lines and like kind of figure out like, like this is how this place works. This is, the, these are the people that mm-hmm. these, these conversations, these are the people that know how to get something done. These are the people that like, oh, okay. I know if I align myself over here, I don't really know how it's going to go. Right. So you can then yeah. learn the space. I think learning the space is really important because then, you know, you're someone I actually actually talk to and something can get done or I can be heard and it's yeah. actually versus, oh, I'm going to go over here and talk to you. And then you're going to tell 10 people and nothing's going to get done. You're just going to gossip and like twist the thing that I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Um, and that happens way more often <laughs> than we think. And so really just trust your gut, learn the room and, you know, just protect, just protect your, your, your thoughts as well. Right. Like in the same sense of like, it's important to share them. Just know that maybe everyone's not in your best interest and like maybe, maybe everyone's not looking at things from the same perspective that you are, but it's not Mm. saying share your perspective, like share your perspective, but don't feel like, okay, I shared that. I'm going to convince this person every single time you have a conversation with someone or like, oh, this person's heart's going to change about this. Be, Be ready to like, have it fallen, you know, on, I don't want to say deaf ears, <laughs> they have it to fall on something that's not receptive. Like someone may not be receptive to things you're saying, but yeah. it doesn't mean stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you dropped a lot of, a lot of, I was bread, bread crumbing the gems that you were dropping as you went. Cause I think <laughs> like you talked about like trusting your intuition and I'm a recovering people pleaser. And so there have been many moments where like, my inner self has said, girl, you don't want to do that. Girl, yep. you you yep. know, like you're not even really down with that person. <laughs> Lots of things, like in a lot of different scenarios, especially and personally, right? And mm-hmm. and every time that I have gone against like the little voice in my head that's pre-warned me that like this probably isn't going to go well. And then every time, right, like I leave, I'm disappointed, yep. I'm embarrassed. Like I feel rejection. I'm like, I overspent money that I wasn't supposed to spend. Like I didn't have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm tired. Like it's like all of these resistance. A list. Things. A it's list, a list of your like, head. You're like, I just should have stayed. I should have just sat down somewhere. Like I should have listened to myself. And so yep. I think that that is such a, like an underrated skill that we should always be honing and developing. Right. Cause like you said, our intuition, our conscience, like it is present for a reason mm-hmm. and I think we we know it in our mind but we also feel it in our bodies and so we have to take more time to understand like what is this right yes. like whether what is this voice like what is this voice saying to me or like what is my body trying to tell me yes. right because oftentimes our body knows more than we give it really the power to know Absolutely. Um, and so when we start like listening for the cues are like okay yeah, yeah like nah yeah the body is telling me to say that right 
And then I also love that you said, listen, like as a, as a tool for finding your voice in a new place, like one of the best things you can do is listen. Yeah. Cause that but, seems so like common sense. You, but like you usually people just come in like, oh, I feel like I have to talk or I feel like I yeah. have to. And like, I've done that before too. And like yeah. signed up for something like, oof, I, this is not what I wanted to do. And now I feel like somebody's dumped this, this whatever on me. And now I have to do it. I don't want to do it. And like, because if yeah. I just listened and it's like, calm down, <laughs> took a step that wasn't an eager beaver because I'm an eager beaver by nature, but like yeah. taking that beat to just, just figure out, oh, okay, this is what's going on. So-and-so is going to tell me that Sister Patterson is going to sign me up for vacation Bible school if I just said vacation Bible school around her. So maybe don't, <laughs> don't say anything to her about that, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's just, it, it's something as small as that. And these are made up people. I just made that up. But yeah. Just in the sense of just, just take a minute and just listen, just read the room and say, like, oh, maybe I'll talk to this person. Maybe I'll just do this or maybe I'll just hold my tongue until next Sunday. Because that's that's how you that's how you really figure out what's going on. Yeah, that's what I call like, like you said, reading the room. Like that's how you actually, there is more unspoken context that is happening always. Like if you're the one talking, then you often miss the unspoken context happening around you. So if yes. you are not the one talking, you have more, you have more senses available for you to observe mm-hmm. when other folks in, in the room or in the space may be moving to then move in a way that is authentic to you, but that is going to be in according to whatever you want, like six to be successful, however you define that, like in that role. Absolutely. Um, so I want to pivot because I've heard you, the beginning you started talking about 21-year-old Kayla, like in the nonprofit space, was, mm-hmm. was a community organizer for education, Guadalajara Harford, Montgomery Public Schools. And now you are in tech yeah. in LA, which is like <laughs> drastically different, even drastically. from like Montgomery, Alabama to LA. It's like a it, that is a mm-hmm. stark contrast. And nonprofit yeah. to tech is a stark contrast so I would love to know like what were some of the things that influenced your pivot both like professionally but also Mm -hmm. within like your location and how you kind of came to terms with some of those like pivots and transitions that maybe influence like your your journey to LA and absolutely Absolutely. so I'll start with like location because I think that's the one I said like I don't think about as much because it kind of just happened so I was in Alabama um, started at the bottom of the state, moved to the middle, did not get to homeschool. Sorry, y'all. So I started, I went to undergrad at Auburn, worked in Montgomery, was in, I knew I, you know, would have been before going out of state, wanted to kind of, I didn't pay for undergrad. I wasn't gonna pay for grad school. I said, let's figure out what we can do. And at UA, like, like most places, of, like most universities and colleges, if you work there, either you get some kind of like free class or like, it's like discounted, heavily discounted, that kind of thing. I said, okay, I'll work here. I'll be an event coordinator. You know, like what is actually being an event coordinator in an honors college? Like I put out cookies and punch and ran some donor meetings. I'm like, it was very easy. I said, okay, I can do this job and it'll pay for grad school and I won't have to TA or like get a, a, a um, what do they call them? The assist- assistantships? Yes, I don't have, don't have to do that. Like, it'll be fine. It's basically the same benefits and everything. Like, it, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um. So I did that. And then I just kind of 
didn't really know what I was going to do next. Like I was always a planner. The biggest thing was like, oh, I have to go to college. And then when I got to college, I realized, oh, that's not enough anymore. Like you have to go to grad school. Yeah. Like, you know what they say about black women in going to grad school, you know, you get bored. Let's I'm gonna go to grad school. Yeah. I'm going to get another degree. Yeah. I'm going to get another degree. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I did that. And I knew I was, I was like, I knew I didn't want to be in Alabama forever. I knew that. Yeah. But like, I thought I was going to be in Atlanta. I thought maybe Dallas or Houston. Like I, I didn't think beyond what I saw my friends doing mm-hmm. and like what I just saw everybody doing. Like you go to the big city, which is Atlanta, or you go to maybe I had some family in Memphis. I'll go to Memphis. Like I just thought I was going to go to a big Southern city. Didn't put you beside it to it. And then I kind of took a step back and said, let's shoot for the stars. Let's go do the thing that you wanted. Let's go venture. And so this is before the pandemic. So that plays a role in a second. Um, yeah. It was before the pandemic. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to DC or I'm going to go to New York. And so I knew that I had to start applying for jobs like towards the end of grad school. Hint, hint, I graduated in May of 2021. So you can do the math on that. <laughs> so I started looking for jobs. And obviously we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And obviously they're not really trying to hire anybody that's not in the city that you're in. So I was just trying to get something. And so yeah. I ended up landing at a now defunct nonprofit. They dissolved last year, nonprofit in New York. It was like working with veterans and like the arts in like a very like unique way. I was like, sure. My dad was in the air force. My grandpa was a world war II vet. Love it. Let's we do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so I got to New York that way. And I'd also met this guy and he was in New York. And so that was fun. And so I was doing that. This is also, this is both stories in one. So this this kind of works. So I was in nonprofit and I love, 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 love helping people. I love when my, the thing that I do makes somebody's day a little bit better. Like it gives me a small bit, like it just fills me up with something. So I was doing this, but I also was living in New York City, which is one of the most expensive cities in the world, much less the country. Yep. And I was not making anywhere close to what I needed to make. And it didn't seem like I was going to make that upon the conversations with like leadership and everything there. And it, it, I was struggling. Like I was struggling like I was an undergrad. And I was like, I have a master's degree. I'm not doing this. Like this is not... Yeah. Like, this is not what I signed up for. And so I just started applying and I ended up with this tech company. I was like, I barely know, like, I know what they do now and it's great, but like, I don't know what this company does, but I know this advertised salaries is a whole lot more. <laughs> and so like, I made a choice based on like how I need to live my life. I was like, I can do, communication. Mm. I can do communications for anything that's like ethical. And like, I'm not going to feel bad going to sleep at night. You know, I can do comms. And so I got into this space and I was like, oh, I think I like here. Like, this is cool. And I started doing internal communications, which is like employee communications. And like, I'm helping people, not in the same direct of like, oh, kids are learning how to read. Oh, veterans yeah. building community. <laughs> like, not in that same way, but like yeah. helping people get their jobs done. Like I'm helping people, you know, figure out, oh, this is our new update or, oh, these are the bit. So like, I'm really an accessory and a tool for other people who may not know how to communicate and getting their points across. And like, I do a lot of coaching in my job and I, you know, find solutions and find them creatively because, you know, it's just a team of two that we have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 
it, it's been really fun. So I'm in New York at this point in time. I'm doing this and my boyfriend gets a great job out in LA and he's like, hey, do you want to move? Like, I'm like, of course. Like, yeah, you're my husband. Like, yeah, we're moving. <laughs> like, we're going. And so we come out here and New York was, I'll say it was awful for me. Wasn't my space. Not to say don't explore, but I say go and do it. So you can say that I'm the person from my town that moved and went to the big city. I say go do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I learned like I didn't have community in the same way. It was a very go, 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 go here, 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 play. Like that's real. And I love slowness. I realized I like being a little slow and like taking my time and like, oh, if I get there, I get there. If I don't, I don't. Like it's fine. Like there, like that's what I'm used to. And so New York wasn't quite my speed, but lovely to visit, not to live. Mm-hmm. So just go mm-hmm. and have a nice little weekend. Out in LA, I have family out here. I have a few cousins and some aunts and some uncles that live out here. And like, I have a car again. Target's a fun little trip again. It's not an hour on the subway. (laughs) Intense energy once you get into the Target. Like, it's a nice little, like, oh, I'm taking my little 15 minutes and have my little Starbucks drink and walk around and look in the dollar section and buy some things that I don't need for the house. Like, you know, I can do that again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so the thing about coming to LA and also the thing about being in tech is what kind of happened to my life when I stopped uber planning and over planning and just kind of mm. listening to what where life was taking me and being okay with where life was taking me because I struggled a lot and I still do with like perfectionism perfectionism anxiety and wanting everything to be just right and just so and like not trusting I mean I've talked about God a lot throughout this but like not trusting what the what God has for my life and just trying mm. to and to make sure that I'm safe and I'm okay when I'm going to be okay and like I have to actually trust that and believe that and so yeah that, what like this season has been is just like trusting and believing and like no it's gonna be fine like it's gonna be fine it yeah. always, always has been why wouldn't it be now yeah 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 and yeah it's just been great yeah I I love that because I think that there are so many folks who are like you who are like uber planners or even not the uber planners because I don't think I'm an uber planner but I'm also like not uber spontaneous and so we're like that that nice middle was like we can plan we can plan to be spontaneous, but we're not just going to be spontaneous. Because <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> right? I need to have a plan for something. But I yeah. think there's like so many, like you said, folks from all over, right? But I think specifically about like small town, the small town girls, right? Mm-hmm. Or the guys, small town guys, small town folks, right? Who like you just want to have an adventure and you're not quite sure how the adventure starts or where the adventure takes you mm-hmm. or all of the people that you meet and experience and all of the things that can or do happen in the adventure. And then like, you can just trust like, we're going to get through it. Like, even if it's not my favorite place, even if it wasn't the best place for me, right. and there's still like in New York, right? Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't your cup of tea. And it doesn't mean New York is the worst place in the world. It means like, Hey, no. it wasn't for me. I got what I needed to get. I learned yep. some lessons. I know yep. more about myself. Right? I'm more, I, I'm, I can confidently say, yeah, I don't need to live there. Like, right. Because I know myself I more. Yeah. yeah. Like I did it. I tried and like, we're going to keep it moving. And so I think that like that story is like a testament to, like you said, like, I think it's like betting on yourself and just trusting, like mm-hmm. it is going to work out. And even if it doesn't work out the way that I planned, like there, I have a sense of adaptability and resilience that like, I can get through what comes. Yes. Right. And like, I can make it through what comes, whether that's like, I'm struggling, 
and we figured it out as we go or like mm -hmm. I am thriving and I'm at the peak and I'm at the top right or anything in between that they're like yeah like I can make it and like it's gonna be fine it's gonna work out and I'm gonna I'm gonna be all right so I love that I love that you've gotten to a place where you where you're really starting to be like it's gonna be fun it's gonna work it's gonna out. Be fun. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I say at work all the time because my boss is like very just, like worried about things all the time like it'll be fine <laughs> it'll be fine will yeah. it yeah like right now probably not but like eventually eventually it will. will it shake out absolutely absolutely and I think that's like that's that's how like pivots and transition and change works like mm -hmm. there are moments when it's like oh my gosh all of this feels like it's going to crap like the foundation is very shaky and then eventually it's like it's fine. Totally fine. Everything's fine. It is working out the way that it needs to work out. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, I'm going to be fine. So I love that. All right. As we wrap up, I have one question. I've also asked this question to all of my guests. It is probably mm -hmm. my favorite question to ask. It's not really a question. It's a fill in the blank statement. Okay. Fill it in however you need to fill it in in this moment. Okay. The statement is, I have permission to. Mm -hmm. Wow. We've been talking about permission in my house a lot, a lot lately. Okay. Uh, but I want to say I have permission to grow has really been the thing because I know like, at least like personally, I've been in a space of just like, everything is so new. I've never done any of this before. I've never been in a, this a relationship this serious where like, I can say, oh, I'm going to marry my husband. Like that's for real. Like, I haven't been like, oh, I have to, we're renting a house now and I have to make a whole home. Like I haven't done that before and feeling like it's a whole lot of, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, but like taking the mindset and shifting it from like, I, what I don't have to what I could and like what I can do and what I can grow into and looking yeah, at that's it good. as like, what is there space to fill in and what is there space to do? Because I think if we don't give ourselves that permission to grow and change, we're not going to. And we're just going to stay in that space that we're in because we're afraid of what may be on the other side. And it's very scary being, you know, in a new place. And it's like, oh, okay, it's just, I know me and him. And like, I have some family out here, but he doesn't have family out here. And it's like, what are we going to but like, it's going to be okay. You just have to trust it's going to be so you can grow and change. If you stay stagnant in this moment, if you stay the person you right now, you're just going to stay where you are. Like, you're not going to yeah. be the Kayla that I need to be to, you know, be my birthday is later on this month. Like, I don't know what late twenties Kayla is going to be doing, but like, yeah. I to give her permission to grow into what she's going to be because yeah. I know she's not. 21 year old Kayla she's definitely not her yeah 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 myself permission to grow into each new stage and I'm so excited to like whatever's next and like let's what's next let's learn let's do and also to give myself a permission just to be happy with what I have and to be content with mm -hmm. what I have as well yeah um, I think all the time like I, I listen to you know, what people say is part of communications, like having two communications degrees and like listening to words all the time. And like, oh, so yeah. what words are you choosing to use? That means something. I've really stopped trying to say, I need, I need, I need all the time because I have the things that I need. I want something else. So like, mm -hmm. what is that thing that I want? What is that thing? Okay, why do I want that? Like, let's be content with like the things I have that meet my needs and let's be happy yeah. with things. But also like we can chase 
after certain things, but like, let's not be in that constant moment, like run, 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 because you're running yourself ragged and then look around and not know what direction you're trying to run and you're just running just to run. Yeah. So just trying to give myself permission to grow and to be content in the things that I have, which is, is very interesting given that I was always a go-getter and trying to run it. Like, but I'm running, but I'm running with yeah. a purpose for the reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at a different pace. Yeah. Well, the only thing that I would add to that, I think I would say after our conversation today that you have permission to like trust that it's going to work and to, and to like embrace the belief that like you've made good decisions and that it all works out eventually and to trust that and to like lean into that. So Taylor, this has been amazing. Can you please let the audience know how they can find you on the interwebs and all of the oh things. Gosh. Wow. Well, if you want to find me professionally, I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's Taylor Warner on LinkedIn. The only one I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get my little, my number up. I'm almost at a thousand, which is fun. I'm like, Ooh, all these connections. Period. And then I'm just, I'm going to cater to you on Instagram and all the things. Twitter is going to be defunct. I'm not making spill. I don't know about you, but like, I'm not getting Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. not, I, I, I realize like, this is what I got. What I got is what I got. So yeah, I'm it to you. K-A-D-Y. Wait, K-A-D number two U is from the Destiny's Child song. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I will drop yeah. all of Kayla's links, the LinkedIn for the corporate baddies and her IG and TikTok and all of the other things in the show notes. So if you want to reach out and connect, you can absolutely do that. Kayla, I just want to take a minute to give you your flowers. You have continued to just like thrive and grow since when I met you when when (laughs) before you was 21 year old Kayla and you just continue to really like chart new paths for yourself and I'm excited to see what LA holds for you I know that it is still becoming home and so as it becomes more and more of a home for you and you build community in, in in that space like I'm looking forward to seeing the change that you can make and the joy that you bring to others as well as the joy that you find in yourself. And so I just want to say thank you for being who you are and for always just being a joy and a light in my life and just someone that I love, love, love getting to, to chop it up with when we get to connect. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Like you can't cry. Get it together. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank um, you. I will catch, I will catch y'all on the next episode of the Permission to Pivot podcast. Mm-hmm.